Hi everybody, my name is Michael Domingue and welcome to Strange Tales of Myth and Magic. In this podcast, we're going to explore mythology and magic and fairy tales and wives tales and maybe some snakes tales. We'll take a peek at some of the strange legends and stories throughout history and how they affected culture and how they affected me as an artist. So sit back and let me tell you a story. This week's episode, The Crone in the Woods, Baba Yaga. So who is Baba Yaga? Well, Baba Yaga is a witch. And I I think the best way to envision Baba Yaga would be think of her as almost like the witch in Hansel and Gretel. You know, she she's a craggly old witch and she lives far in the forest, hidden away, creeping around and maybe potentially eating children. Of course, Baba Yaga is a little less particular. She doesn't necessarily just want to eat children. She'll pretty much eat anyone, anytime, anywhere. So let's start off with a bit of a physical description. So she's the typical old crone, you know, you know, she's craggly and, you know, old and, and though not always, but but usually she's she's an old lady and torn and tattered and skinny and bony. And, you know, it's said that her teeth are made of metal. Which, of course, makes it easier to be cannibalistic and devour whoever she wants to eat. So, yes, so she's this craggly old crone and, and definitely not really pretty. Um, some, of the, some of the attributes they give to her, though, is that she's a good sniffer. She's often found inside her house sniffing and potentially smelling for food, I'm, I'm assuming, but, but sniffing away. And she's, she is often also seen hunched over a pot and, of course, preparing yummy, yummy, yummy dinners. Mmm. Now, how she gets around is kind of interesting. She has a, you know, like a mort and pestle, you know, the, the things you grind up, you grind up spices and such with. Well, she actually flies around in like a larger version of a mortar. And so she's in there and she used the pestle to sort of steer the thing. And she cruises around the forest, you know, because she lives deep, deep, dark in the woods. And so she cruises around looking for whatever she's looking around for. Um, One of the coolest aspects of Baba Yaga, though is her house. Um, her house is a, a little rickety little house, and it is, um, it, it, the unique aspect about it is that it is perched high up on a giant chicken leg. And and sometimes it's chicken legs, um, but at least one giant chicken leg, which, which allows her the opportunity to turn. So the house itself can turn. So if she's sitting in the living room or the kitchen and looking out the window, um, the house can turn to show her a different view. Probably people coming and, and messing with her. Um, or could just, she wants a good sunset. Who knows? But it but it also gives her the opportunity to hop around, change locations, because I can't imagine she's super popular. Um, so sometimes it's handy to be able to move. And, you know, who needs moving bands when you can just hop to the next place? There are a variety of Baba Yaga tales, and, and each one differs a little bit. But but some of the descriptions um, about her place, you know, they, they talk about some of the hardware and fixtures, like hinges that are are made of human hands and, and doors that are made of human feet and, you know, really creepy, eerie, eerie, you know, horror movie type of stuff. Um, one thing that's pretty, pretty consistent, and it goes with one of the tales, is that her fence post is... Um, capped with skulls, human skulls. 
and often they're burning lights. So inside there's like a, a fire burning that sort of keeps keeps them lit up. And you know sometimes the actual fence itself is made of human bones, but but the fence post caps are usually human skulls. And it said that she always leaves at least one empty because you never know who's going to be popping by for dinner. So. Baba Yaga is primarily a Russian folktale, and you can find it in Slavic nations, and but but predominantly in in Russia, um, and in that sort of region. And the thing is, is that she is not necessarily always a villain in these stories. Um, she's always dangerous, that's to be certain, but she's not necessarily the bad guy of the story. Uh, she's often, um, in some cases, a necessary evil. Um, in some cases, she's actually a benefactor, but but by and large, she's a dangerous, uncontrollable force. In some ways, she's sort of like the task that the hero has to overcome to ultimately be successful. Sometimes the task is defeating her, but sometimes it's merely to get something from her, to get her help. So she's a complicated character, somewhat ambiguous in in some regard. The stories about Baba Yaga often are um, not dissimilar from the Cinderella story. Uh, many of the many of the heroes in this are actually young girls or, or young beautiful women. So, so the first story um, is you know the basic Cinderella story and and. In this case, um, we'll call her Anastasia. You know, the, the story itself, um, I've yet to come across a name for this particular girl in the story. But she's a young girl and, yes, has the evil stepmother with sadistic tasks and all that stuff. And, and you know, poor Anastasia's, you know, sort of screwed because, you know, the father's always away and the stepmother does play evil little tricks on her and all that stuff. So one day... Anastasia's dad says, hey, you know, I got to go out of town. I got some business to do. I'm not sure when I'm going to be back. Um, and he, off he goes. Of course, you know, this breaks young Anastasia's heart because she knows what's in store. And yes, right away, the stepmother says, hey, Anastasia, um, I need some some sewing done. And I need you to go visit my sister deep, deep, deep in the woods. And um, she'll help you out. She'll help you out. And here's the address. And so off Anastasia goes deep into the dark, dark woods. Now, Anastasia knows what's going down. Um, She knows that deep, deep, deep dark in the woods is where Baba Yaga lives. And she knows that her stepmother is going to send her there. So Anastasia decides to take a little detour. And she goes to um, her real aunt, um, who's living in the woods. And she stops in and says, hey, here's the plan. I think my stepmother is going to get me. And the aunt says, hey, dearie, so um, Baba Yaga's, you know, not to be messed with. So let me give you some things um, that can help you out. Here's a little bacon. Um, here's some bread. Here's some ribbon. Um, and here's some butter. All these things will help you out. Um, so um, this is your only way of surviving this task. So Anastasia's, you know, got her goods and off she goes. And sure enough, not long after, she comes across Baba Yaga's house. And yes, it's perched on perched on a big chicken leg and it's got the skulls all over the place and, and you know, dogs are barking and then there's the trees are encroaching and, and um, she sees one limb and... Um, what she does, she ties the ribbon that her aunt gave her onto one of the, the scratchy limbs. And she continues. And, you know, meanwhile, the house is shifting and moving. And and through the window, she sees Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga flings open the shutters and says, hey, what are you doing? I'm not sure why she talks like that, but she does. What are you doing out there? And, uh, you know, of course, 
Anastasia tells her, you know, it's like, hey, I, I, I'm your niece and, you know, I, I need some help sewing. And, and Bobby goes, oh, yes, yes, my niece. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yes, I do need some sewing. So come on in. So Anastasia comes in the house. Baba Yaga is very pleasant, and they get to doing the little sewing task that the, that the evil stepmother had had put forth to to young Anastasia. And then Baba Yaga says, "You know, you're really, really dirty. Um, why don't you go take a bath, a really good scrubbing?" Mm-hmm. And, and so um, off to the bath she goes. And meanwhile, Baba Yaga tells her nasty cat, "Say now, you keep an eye on her when she's in the bathtub. If she tries to escape, you scratch her." And the cat says, sure, I can do that. So off Anastasia goes to the bath. She's scrubbing away and she's like going, you know, I need to get out of here to the cat. And the cat's like, nope, you're not going anywhere. Well, Anastasia then gives the cat a little piece of bacon. Now the cat's like amazed. You know, he's never, nobody gives him bacon. And he's like, wow, you're really, really nice. And um, the cat then says, hey, let me give you a little something too. So here's a, um, here's a comb. And here's a towel. These, believe it or not, are going to come in handy. Um, So you go ahead and sneak out, but be careful of the door because the door squeaks. And be careful of the dog. The dog's trouble. And be careful of the trees because they'll scratch you. Anastasia says, thanks. She sneaks out. She takes out the butter. She comes to the big door and rubs the hinges with butter. And the door's like, wow, that's groovy, man. And the door opens up without making a sound. Of course, here comes the dog. Dog comes running across the yard and she reaches in and she grabs some yummy, yummy bread. The dog eats it up. It's like, wow, great. You're great. Go ahead. Go wherever you want. I don't care. And uh, so she comes running out and the trees are there and the trees are ready to grab her. And then it goes, hey, you're the one who put the ribbon on me. That's really nice. I look good. And opens up and she heads on out. Now, Baba Yaga kind of catches a hint that something's going on. She's like, oh, what's And she yells at the cat, yells at the dog, yells at the door, yells at the tree. And then she jumps into her mortar and flies after her. Well, poor Anastasia, she's fleeing as quick as she can. And then she remembers, of course, the the comb that the cat gave her. And she flings it over her shoulder. And the comb then sprouts up into a forest, which slows down Baba Yaga. And Baba Yaga finally catches up again. And then she young Anastasia grabs the towel and flings it over her shoulder. And that turns into a raging river, which slows Baba Yaga down to where Baba Yaga is like, screw it. And so Anastasia heads back home. She gets back home. And um, of course, um, you know, she uh, tells her dad um, what happened. And of course, what her dad does is, you know, shoots the stepmother. The end. Um, yeah, I know the the old folk fable tales are a little harsh at times. So, um, but that's you know that's old school for you. Now, uh, a slight variation of the story um, actually is the story of Vasilisa, and Vasilisa is um, similar in that. But Vasilisa is older in this story. But Vasilisa's story actually starts out when Vasilisa is a young girl, and her real mother is on her deathbed. And Vasilisa is very sad, you know, very weepy. But her mom says, look, you know, here's a doll and here's this doll that her mother had made for her. Um, And when I'm gone, um, I want you to put all your sorrow into this doll. But always, every time you grieve to it, um, give it something to eat. And so through the years, Vasilisa did that. Every time there was trouble, um, she would feed it. And of course, not long after Vasilisa's mom passes away, um, her dad 
marries an evil stepmother. Except this time, the evil stepmother has evil stepdaughter. So she's got evil stepmom and even evil stepsister. So really great. So she's using the doll a lot, feeding the doll a lot, grieving to the doll a lot. Now, I'm not going to go into the minutiae of this story, but basically it comes down to is that, you know, the father goes away once again and um, the mom decides to move deep into the woods um, and um, they need some fire. And the fires are the fires are having trouble. And, and so she sends Vasilisa out into the woods and says, you go to Baba Yaga and you get fire because she has, you know, those nice flaming skulls. And I want you to get Baba Yaga's fire. Now, this is dual. If she comes back with fire, it's great. If she doesn't, she's taken in by Baba Yaga. So it's a win win for the stepmother. Vasilisa does as she's told. She, she of course, brings her doll with her. And um, she gets to Baba Yaga's house. Same sort of deal as the past story. Creepy house comes on inside and, um, you know, tells Baba Yaga, look, I'm, I, I'd like I'd like to get some fire from you. And Bobby Yaga's like, oh, I'll give you fire. But um, you have to do all the tasks that I say. And, you know, to make a long story short, basically the tasks are impossible tasks. You know, it's sort of, you know, uh, make a sweep the floor with three strands of straw, you know, that that type of thing. So all day, Vasilisa would work and try as hard as she could to try and finish the task. Of course, you know, she, she couldn't. But she would always sneak away a little bit of food during, you know, from supper and put it in her, put it in her little apron. And then at night she would grieve to the doll, feed the doll. And the doll said, hey, don't worry about it. I'll um, finish your tasks. When you wake up, everything will be good. Sure enough, every day the tasks were done. Bobby was like, wow, you're amazing. And then, of course, the task would get more and more complex um, until finally, eventually, Bobby, I guess, OK, OK, um, you've earned the fire. I guess you can go. And of course, she does this begrudgingly because she never expected her to finish the task. She really just wanted to eat her. Um, but, uh, you know, deal's a deal. And um, she said, you know, one thing, though, is I want to know how it is you managed to get everything done. I want to know what you did. Now, of course, Vasilisa is a pretty bright gal, and she knows that it's kind of a trap because if she says that the doll did it, then, well, you know, she didn't really do the task. The doll did it. So she's smarter than that and says, well, I was able to achieve this with the blessing of my mother. Now, Baba Yaga freaks out blessings. There will be no blessings in this house. Here's your fire. Here's your little skull full of fire. Um, you get the hell out of here because I don't want blessings in this home. Vasilisa says, thanks. And she heads out the door. She gets back to her home with the evil stepmother and stepsisters. And of course, they haven't been able to light fire since then. You know, every time they'd bring like a log in that was on fire, it would go out. So ever since Vasilisa left, fires never ignited back into the home. Um, but Vasilisa brings the burning skull into the house and poof, into flames, the stepmother and stepsisters go. They're gone and out of the picture. Now, the story meanders on and it talks about how Vasilisa ends up um, being a seamstress and marrying the czar and all that stuff. And happy ending. Now, perhaps my favorite story about Baba Yaga is um, about a, a couple, a Russian couple, and they, they, they aren't able to have children. So um, what they do is they're told that if you if you um, steal an egg from all the neighbors, in which case there are 41 neighbors, apparently steal an egg. And then you put these there. They put 41 eggs underneath a hen. And yes, poof, they popped out as young children. 
So they have 41 boys. And these boys grow up to be handsome men, 40 of them anyway. One of is kind of a, a an ugly duckling, a nerd. So the 41st one, and we'll call him Hank. Hank's kind of a geek. Um, the other ones are sort of Ryan Reynolds sort of types, um, always getting the gal. But, you know, it comes a time when they need to settle down. And the parents find out, you know, who happens to have 41 daughters is Baba Yaga. Now, you would think this would be a bad idea. You would think that the couple would know better, but okay, that's fine. So it's getting close to the wedding day and the, and the 41 boys are, are at Baba Yaga's house. And so are the 41 daughters, which apparently are beautiful. Um, and it's the night before the wedding and they're sleeping in separate parts of the house. And the 41st boy Hank says, you know, I'm not trusting this scene, so I think we should swap clothes with our betrothed. Um, and the guy's like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. He's like, no, 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 trust me. So they do it. They 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 put on the women's nightgowns and the the daughters put on the men's nightgowns and, you know, they, they go to sleep. Well, meanwhile, in a back room, Baba Yaga has been telling her servant, okay, I want you to go around and I want you to cut off the heads of all the suitors, cut off all the young men's heads, and I want you to put them on my fence posts. Um, and the servants, you know, go sneaking around at night. Everybody's asleep. And of course, the clothes are changed and they kill the daughters instead of the sons by accident. Next morning, Baba Yaga wakes up. And she goes, holy crap, what have you guys done? She yells at the servants, probably eats the servants, actually. And goes chasing the men off. And, and I think in this one, there's actually a magic handkerchief that kind of does like the towel did. It sort of turns into like a, a giant river or, or some obstacle to keep keep Baba Yaga. And, you know, in this case, they managed to thwart the, the rage of Baba Yaga. So when I was doing research for this particular podcast, I was trying to find, you know, contemporary um, versions of Baba Yaga. And there really aren't many. Um, you know, there is a version of if you um, are a comic reader, Hellboy actually has Baba Yaga character. And actually, Vasilisa is a character in that as well. Um, the film, um, the most recent Hellboy, um, which isn't that good, but it's OK. Um, actually, the best part about the film is the Baba Yaga scene with the house. It's moving. It's very, very cool. The famous composer, Modest Mozersky, actually did um, a composition that was about Baba Yaga's chicken legged house in the woods, which is kind of cool. Mozersky was the guy, if you ever saw Disney. Disney's Fantasia. I don't know if you don't know classical music. Um, if you saw Disney's Fantasia, it's the night on Bald Mountain scene with the giant devil coming out of the mountain. Um, so that's by Mazersky, but also did something about Baba Yaga. Now, in my own work, I've actually incorporated Baba Yaga, though I, I predominantly, if not exclusively, have always focused on her cool house. And I would always create the house almost as it's like an existing entity, which is, isn't far off from the myth and a living thing. Um, but in my version, not only would it have a leg-like structure, but I also gave it actually moving wings, flapping wings. Because I thought, you know, getting away on a foot is one thing, but being able to get away and fly away also would be really cool. So there's a really interesting book, and it's by the author, and I'm going to I'm gonna butcher this name, Taisha Kiteskia, I think is how you might pronounce it. But she has a book called Ask Baba Yaga, which is like a, a, um, a Dear Abby sort of book. But um, the author, actually, she grew up 
um, in Siberia. And Baba Yaga was part of her childhood. And um, so what she created was actually what if Baba Yaga answered, but um, not quite as dark and sinister, but but earthy and and gritty advice, sort of to the point sort of advice. So for instance, like one person writes, Dear Baba Yaga, I think I must crave male attention too much. I fear that without it, I would feel invisible. And then Baba Yaga replies, when you see others this way, you are invisible nonetheless. Your shawl is covered in mirrors in which others admire themselves. This is why they greet you so passionately. It is good to be seen, but is better to see. Find a being to look hard into and you will see yourself and what is more than you. So kind of cool, actually. And um, this is sort of leads to the next segment about Baba Yaga. And, and that is that Baba Yaga um, is essentially nature. It, it's she is ambiguous. She is without necessarily moral. She understands the way the universe works and she understands what it does. Um, and you are merely just another part of the universe. And the universe is very complex. I mean, one person's hero is another person's villain. Um, so when you're the hero of the story, you might easily be doing harm to something else. It's like a bear feeding. You know, if a bear attacks you, of course, the bear's a villain to you. But it's not a villain to the cub. To the cub, the bear is a protector. The bear is a, a giver of life. So Baba Yaga is the embodiment of nature. Um, you know, for all things to live, things must die. She is essentially like death. She is the span of time um, where things come and things go, but doesn't matter to her. Your, your, your cause does not necessarily matter. And sometimes she'll do good for you. And sometimes she'll do bad for you. And sometimes she'll do neither. So the Baba Yaga stories are, you know, sort of like the, what life is, right? You know, we have a little dance, but ultimately, someday, every single one of us, every single living thing is going to end up in Baba Yaga's pot and we're going to be cooked and eaten. But from that, other things will grow. Other things will live. You know, the skulls that have the fire burning in them, you know, in on her fence posts. These are great metaphors because um, if you think about what fire symbolizes, you know, from a human standpoint, fire is something that that really does help keep humans alive. Um, without it, humans would really, really struggle. So fire, in essence, is a life giver symbolically. But what it's being encased in, what it's being carried in is a skull, the symbol of death. So life and death are wrapped together in one iconic symbol. Kind of yin and yang-ish, don't you think? And if there's a moral to the story, um, that would be, if you see Baba Yaga, I would flee. But the thing is, is you may not necessarily have a choice. Sometimes she'll pop up when you least expect her. And all we can do as humans is do our best um, to figure out a way of avoiding her pot for the time being. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Be sure to pop it again. There's going to be new tales of myth and magic popping up in the future. So uh, tell your friends. That's always helpful. And um, if you're interested, stop by my website, www.michaeldebing.com, and you can see some of the artwork that I create that might relate to what we're talking about. So until we meet again, I'll be mything you. 